Welcome back to Division One Rejects with a little rock and roll to get us started tonight, Trevor. Let's go. How do we feel about that? I like it. I like it. I feel like we need a way to get the vibes up early and keep them up going all the way. Sometimes yeah. you get in here into the studio. It's been a long day. Very you just need day. a little bit of rock and roll, a little guitar action to get us going. Jack, join oh. us tonight. Blessed with your presence. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Did you start clapping for yourself? I did. You did. <laughs> he, need, he needs it sometimes. I need it. There's hey. only two people in here. I figured I'd throw in some extra noise. I could throw in the little, uh, you know, one of these guys in the headphones. Well, yeah, you do have a soundboard over yep. there. You, know, you could have helped me out a little bit Unfortunately, there, nobody listening or watching can hear that audience clap. <laughs> no, so. Well, trust me, there was. There was a little bit of audience clapping. Uh, but we've got an exciting episode for you tonight. Uh, jokes aside, this is episode 110. We are 110 of these into the damn thing. This is July 13th recording this. One of the newest Division R, Division One Rejects athletes, Jordan Davis from Kutztown University. I had to practice saying that one. I did not know how to pronounce that before this podcast. Uh, but he joins us today. Second team, all PSAC running back. And uh, big year ahead of him and the Bears down there in the PSAC. Otherwise, though, fellas, we've got the D3 preseason All-Americans from our guy over at the College Football Network to review quickly. And then, as far as our team features go today, Division II side of things, West Florida, the Argonauts. Uh, we've got a top 10 mascots list coming out next week. And uh, Argy the Argonaut might be, might allegedly be on that list, Trevor? He might be. May or may not be. May or may list. not be. Cannot pretty, confirm pretty high on that list. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um. Otherwise, we're talking about the Argonauts here, the run that they had, and um, a good piece for those of you who are not familiar with the Argonauts, not to give you too much of our conversation later, the Division II national title in 2019, they were the youngest startup program at any collegiate level to go from their first season to a championship title in four years. That's insane. That is actually crazy. That stat itself is extremely commendable. They just got a new head coach, and Coach Nobles will talk all about it. He's the second coach in their history after playing quarterback there. But on the D3 side of things, even potentially more exciting, Delaware Valley, the Aggies, the team that has won five MAC championships in a row. We're not talking about the group of five, MAC. We're talking about uh, not, the Division III. We're not three talking about MAC. No, not no, yet. Some Tuesday MAC. No, not yet. But we are talking about Delaware Valley. The Aggies just added their quarterback, Louis Barrios, to Division I rejects athletes as well. So got a lot of guys from all over the place getting on and joining the sponsorship. Excited to talk about DVU. Take a look at their rings from their last couple conference championships. going to be really fun. Um, also, we've got two NAIA teams making the jump. One of them to Division II. Uh, sorry, not two NAIA teams. We've got an NAIA team making the jump to D2 and a Division Three team making the jump to Division II. One of them will be joining the GLIAC. One of them will be joining the Lone Star Conference. Ooh. So, big-time news out of their camps today. And uh, we certainly will cover all of that for you later on. And finally, a little bit of NFL talk for you. How about that? Phillip Rivers is fielding his own football team. If you want to hear more about that, if you're watching on YouTube, timestamps, bottom of the video. Remember, use any of those. Fast forward. we got a lot of different topics to cover today. If you want to go listen to any of those, use the timestamps and get the hell out of here. Otherwise, stick around. Listen to us talk for a little bit longer. Um, fellas, Josh Jacobs is holding out. Not the first running back to do it. Running back market right now in the NFL. <laughs> Yep. You can get him anywhere. You really can. Yeah. That's the thing. Why Pacheco. Hold, why hold out? That's one year, and he's already good. And he was at Rutgers. Yeah. Well, it helps when you're playing on this team called the Chiefs. True. True. But, but that's what I'm saying. We'll get into it later. Well, yeah. Um, otherwise, a fun piece that I don't know if either of you have seen. There's a quarterback in college football right now making a necklace out of his own rib. What? That's not right. Yes! 
That's not right. I told you I was bringing the heat today with a good story, and boys, we've got a good one. So we'll we might finish the episode out on that one. Like I said, timestamps. Fast forward. He's making a necklace out of his own rib. Football guy. That can't be approved. <laughs> There's got to be. Something I, I have so many questions. As <laughs> always, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Don't forget about the timestamps. Like I've already told you three times, you can listen pretty much anywhere: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D One Underscore Rejects. Two thousand followers, maybe a little bit of a giveaway, maybe not. Cannot Instagram confirm or deny. Allegedly, allegedly. Keyword of the day: allegedly. At Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show, fellas. Before we get into any of those juicy topics, let's go to the conversation with Jordan from Kutztown. Joining the show tonight, running back from Kutztown University, where he was second team all PSAC in 2022, one of the newest D1R sponsored athletes. It's Jordan Davis. What's going on, brother? How are you? How you doing? I'm doing good. Man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to get you on here. I'm pumped to have you be a part of this. Um, one of our big things when we started was like, man, let's get people from all over, right? And that mm-hmm. sounds good in premise and in theory. Then you're like, man, I really don't know people from all over. I know my little Midwest circle, but that's about it. So I got I get really excited when guys like you, uh, you know, show interest and in, and in, you know, send in those applications. Man, we're pumped to have you. No, you for sure excited, excited, man. It's big time, dude. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, to kind of kick things off, I had to. I might pull up the tweet here real quick. Actually, it doesn't sound like I'm going through Twitter the other day and I see a tweet from you. It doesn't sound like you're too excited for the uh, the new Hard Knocks news. You care to yeah. uh, you care to elaborate on that one? I have to show the show the people here real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, one of my boy, one of my close friends, Jerry Cap, he just got signed to the Jets. Okay, so uh, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a fan favorite for the Hard Knocks and stuff like that. So hopefully, really? okay, he gets to yeah. So and even the year before, Craig Reynolds, he was a running back at Cutstown. Um, he was on he was a star Hard Knocks two years ago. So I mean, it's a nice little train going on with Hard Knocks. So I mean, I like yeah. That. I mean, I was talking, I was talking to Tim Boyle, Jets quarterback. He said he doesn't really like it, just follow, like people following him around and stuff like that. But I mean, it seems like a great opportunity for undrafted guys like Jerry to yeah. get that like exposure. So no, yeah. it's big time and TB twelve, right? Um, well, the other mm. TB twelve. You know, there's there's another one, but we won't talk about him. But um, mm. he obviously dealt with it last year with the Lions, and that's mm. Craig Reynolds. That's the the Lions, or I guess, is he still with the team? I'm trying to think. Yeah, he's still with the Lions. He yeah. is still with the Lions. Okay. I like watching him play, man. He is a mm. he's a tough ass. He's a physical runner. He's from Kutztown? Mm. He is from Kutztown, yeah. That's big time, dude. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. When did he when would he have graduated? He graduated twenty eighteen. Okay. Sweet. So you guys have yeah. any crossover? No crossover. I was oh, okay. a year after him. Damn. Yeah, that would have been sweet, man, to be in the backfield with, dude. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah. yeah. Either way, um, we had <laughs> talked about hard knocks live. It'll be it'll be interesting. But let's talk about you. We didn't get you on here to talk about um, mm. you know HBO productions or any shit like mm. that. So uh, yeah. one more year for you, right? And it feels like yeah. again from an outsider perspective, looks like the last couple years just slowly gaining stock, right? Getting more mm. of that responsibility in the backfield, taking more of the workload, and this year, I mean. There's a chance here with McNeil, who you split a lot of carries with last year, for you to be yep. that true feature back coming out of the backfield. Um, man, what can we expect? Like, you know, I'm talking like a some crazy fantasy number type season out of you, man. But seriously, like, what kind of production uh, with that new workload can we expect out of you? Um, I'm expecting a big workload this year. You know, taking on some new roles, um, coming out the backfield, catching the ball more. You yep. know, focusing on more explosive plays and stuff like that. 
Actually, Daryl's coming back for – it's going to be me and Daryl again next year. You serious? So he's come back first COVID. Yeah, he's come back for his okay, COVID. Okay, I didn't year, know because so. I saw a redshirt senior, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, he's he's got to be gone. But so you guys have both of them, both of you back. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we probably got one. I say we have the best uh, duo in the country. So, okay. I mean, I think that it's going to be a big year for both of us. And me, personally, my goal is to be an All-American. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's very, it's very uh, doable, and uh, it's going to be a great year. That's awesome, dude. I did not know that. I guess it's so hard now, too, because, like, we're starting to phase out, like, the COVID year kind of guys, but there's still a lot, you know, left over. And, man, trying to do research when we do these, like, team highlights and I try and get these podcasts ready, it is almost impossible to try and find out sometimes who's playing where, because especially this time of year, right, like, teams don't have Mm -hmm. an extremely updated roster sometimes. You never know who does. But, um, man, that's exciting for you guys. Bringing that backfield mm-hmm. back is going to be awesome. How do uh, how do his and your game, you know, really complement each other? Um, I think we both we both do decent amount of things well. So, I mean, Daryl, he's more of a – he's a bigger guy. You know, he, he's supposed to do tackles and stuff like that. But I'm more of a guy that you could get open in space. I can go run routes. I create mismatches for um, opposing linebackers and stuff like that. So, yep. I mean, I think we complement each other pretty well. And, I mean, it shows because he was first team all-conference. I was second team all-conference. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so. I mean, the fact you're able to do that, like you said, coming out of the same backfield where at a position, like, you have to split reps. Like, there's no, yeah, you know, potentially you do have some two-back sets or whatever, but that's not going to be something Mm -hmm. that's usually mainstay in most offensive schemes. The fact that you guys, I want to say, both had over 100 carries last year. Like, that volume, that absolute volume for both of you is really wild. What were those conversations like leading into the year, knowing that, hey, both you guys are, like, this level of athlete going into it, man, like what were those conversations like with your OC, with your head coach? Like, yeah, we're going to try and just use the shit out of both of you. Yeah. So coming into the season, I had broke my ankle in April okay. of 2022. So three months before the season, I broke my ankle. Man. And, um, yeah, I dislocated and broke my fibula. So I have screws in my ankle and stuff like that. Oof. So I ended up getting my second surgery July 27th, which was uh, two weeks before camp. Oh, I know it, man. And, um, yeah, so just before the season, I was just trying to get back. So I was rehabbing. I didn't really participate in camp too much. And um, coming, off, I was coming off a pretty strong sophomore year. And, uh, you know, I was just – I was down because, obviously, the injury and stuff like that. But talking to my OC and stuff like that, talking to my family, what was the best decision? Should I try and sit out? Should I try and come back? Um, me being the competitor I am, I feel like I had to come back. So, obviously, the first, the first game of the year, I didn't really play too much. I played probably five plays talking to my OC. And he said he's going to be limiting me and trying to work me back slowly. And then the second game, I end up starting. But me and Daryl, me and Daryl compliment each other. So we already knew, I already knew going into the year that me and him were going to be a dynamic duo. So that's what it's going, it's, it's going to be hard for teams to stop us next year, too. So yeah, big time, see. dude. Now, this yeah. offseason, no hiccups. We're heading to this thing healthy or what? Yeah, I'm heading to this thing 100, 110% healthy. Let's go. That's what we want to hear always, man. That's the, yeah. that's tough, man. Cause you're right. Like, I think a lot of people lose the fact that, these, you know, we're training all off season, right? And there mm-hmm. are certainly, I just had a surgery on my knee two weeks ago because I was sitting there lifting mm-hmm. and now I've got, you know, another couple screws or whatever in there. And that, it yeah. happens everywhere. Like those stories are all over the place. And people, I think, forget the mm-hmm. fact that it's not just on the field. These things happen. It happens everywhere. But uh, yeah. this off season, anything else you're trying to add to your game or you're just like shoring up all the areas and just improving, man? Um. So this, this off season, I'm, pretty much working on I'm going to be motioned out a little bit more this year so okay. just working on releases working on my routes working on top of the routes stuff like that so just to be able to be on the field 
with me and Daryl in different type of ways. So yeah. we're gonna see. I'm not gonna say too much because we got assumption. But hey, yeah, you don't gotta give too much weight on here. I gotta, I just gotta ask. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Now, if we were if we were lining up against each other in the fall, then maybe I ask a couple more questions. <laughs> but you guys over there, you know, PSAC, that's yeah. all right. That's straight. So um, yeah. that's exciting for you, man. I think that's a good point too. Like you make it to a point where they can't keep you off the field. Right. Like mm-hmm. make yourself so invaluable that as we tell a lot of especially younger guys, right, who are trying to work their way into positions like you just got to put yourself in a position that your team is like a team need, you know, a team based mm-hmm. need type of situation. Um, I think it's a really good. That's a good mindset to go about it. And I guess the one more piece on that before we move on is like in practice when you have another dude that, yes, you're competing with, but also like that's your guy. That's got to mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be awesome. Your guys dynamic and being able to elevate each other's game and also just simply fresh legs, right? When you go in yeah. there and you get a couple carries, running back is like riding the hot hand in basketball, right? You give us your, yeah. giving the ball to the shooter, or if a dude's just getting crazy yards after, you know, contact, you you keep handing him the rock. But what is that uh, dynamic like between the two of you? Um, it's great. I mean, we're very supportive of each other. You know, there's there's a couple games that we could both went over 100 yards in the game. So, Damn, man, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. so, I mean, I, I, one thing I'll never forget, um, it was against Mercyhurst, our second, third game of the year. Okay. Me and Daryl could buy for six touchdowns and we just supported each other. Like, yo, you going to score, I'm going to score. Like, we taking turns. So it's like, it's, it's nice to have that. And we got, we got some other guys on that offense that's going to be dynamic this year too. So, I love it, man. Now you're going to need it because that league down there, the PSAC, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, you know, this team, you can certainly make the argument, some of the best depth of competition in the entire country. You talk from the top to the bottom all of these yep. teams now all of a sudden have a little bit of hype around them heading into the fall, and it's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting to see how this conference shakes out. What have uh, been the uh, the thoughts from you guys over there? I'm sure you guys are all in the same boat. Like, you guys have a chance to really make a run at this thing. No, nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's our goal. Our goal is past the PSAC championship. Our goal is to go 1-0 every week, but, you know, some teams have forgot about it. You can, you can say the coach speak, bro. I hear that every yeah. week. Come on now. Yeah, but, I mean <laughs> – I mean, to be to be honest, like I feel like people wrote us off just because we went eight and three last year, which is still a bad season. Like we beat Slippery Rock and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I, it's cool if people was writing us off. You know, people got probably got other teams in our conference over us, but yep. we know what talent we bring to the table. Like I got my ring sent back there, and I'm trying to get another one. So. Let's go! I hey, that might be the Twitter quote right there. That that's solid. Mm-hmm. That's real yeah. good, bro. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that, and I think you're 100 percent right. Like in a league like that really anything can happen. Now I wanted to ask too, like what made you end up at Kutztown? And um, also like, what is the D2, D3 scene like back home uh, in New Jersey? Cause that's just an area that I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. So I ended up at Kutztown. It was a, it was a weird, it had a weird kind of recruitment. So, I mean, I like everyone talked to the division one, division one teams and stuff like that. But my senior year, I was talking to Mammoth pretty heavily. And okay. I thought I was like, I was saying, I'm telling my mom, like I'm going to Mammoth. I'm going to Mammoth. They're going to offer me going to Monmouth. And um, I was waiting around, and it was still January. I didn't get the call from them. And I had people in my ear telling me, go um, go prep, because they're going to offer you if you go prep, blase, blase. And then I started getting multiple Division two offers. So, Touchdown, um, New Haven, um, let's see, Southern Connecticut, those type of schools were offering me and stuff like that. So, I took a visit to New Haven, didn't really catch the vibe there. And um, I was between, I was set between New Haven and um, Cutstown. And then when I visited Cutstown, met my OC, Coach Quarterman, and I just fell in love right there. And the guys in the brotherhood there was just outstanding. And it, it helped that Craig was there. Craig was there the year before. And obviously my dream is aspirations to play on that next level. Yeah. And he he done it. So it's like, 
I could do it if if it's any Division two school. I feel like I could do it. I could do it here. And um, yeah, that's big, dude. And like to bring a guy on campus and to have him at least you know at least interact with someone like that and to see. I mean, the blueprint is 100% there, right? Like, and that's what this is all about, right? You know, you could go to any level of football, and what's, like, the oldest saying in the book, right? Like, if you can play, if you can play they're going to find you. And that's sure. try and true. Um, I was actually surprised that there are only two D2 guys drafted this year. Now, obviously, a ton more got some, uh, you know, undrafted deals and are with professional teams right now, which is absolutely awesome. One of them was actually the quarterback from New Haven, uh, Degenhart, yep. Connor Degenhart, right? Yep, so, shout out to him as well. Shout out to Connor. But yep. um, that's a really sweet experience. Did you uh, – I'm trying to think, I mean, maybe not now, but do you host a lot of recruits now or do they throw a lot of you guys, uh, those guys your way or what? I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, they threw me they threw me some guys. But he, okay. if they trying to really get a guy, they'll throw him to me. They'll tell me, text them on. Twitter, you like the last like call. That. You like here, like, we got to bring in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need we need to land this guy. Let me get Jordan on the line real quick. Yeah. I like so, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a relatable person, so. I mean, that's that's really what it's for. I mean, if, if I'm not helping the next man, what am I really there for? So. I like that. I like that, dude. Yeah. yeah. You got any uh, got any tips or tricks how to how to land these guys? Man, I might be taking notes here. I mean, personally, just telling the truth. I feel like a lot of people just, just be up front. Like, they, they ask me what I like about Cutstown. I tell them the truth. And it's really it's really rare. It's really rare what Cutstown has because it might seem like we get a lot because we win and stuff like that, but we really don't get anything like I, I I could tell you stories about stuff that happens in school like no one will believe, and it's just like it's it's crazy it's crazy. But a lot of people dig that. Like we get it. I feel like we all all my teammates say we really get out the mud, and it really shows. But we're not the biggest. We don't have the most scholarship money, but we go out there and we compete with like top dogs. So. Yeah, I love that, man. You're gonna this opening slate for your guys' season here, 2023. You open your first mm. two games on the road at Assumption yep. and then at California PA, the Vulcans. Certainly yep. not a cupcake schedule of the year, right? This isn't uh, Michigan State opening with Bowling Green, I think it is the thing this year. That's my, you know, my mm -hmm. Michigan take on it. But you guys, man, right out the gate, a couple pretty proven teams uh, in that area. I mean, it's got to be like pedal to the metal right now. As soon as camp starts, I'm assuming that energy is going to be crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely because we got shut out by Assumption last year. So yep. we got sick taste We got sick taste in our mouth right now. So I know the guys going to come out there. We're going to go out to Assumption. And we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. For sure. For sure, dude. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the sponsorship, the partnership. Like I said, super excited to have you be a part of this thing. I was watching the ESPYs the other night, and I thought, because um, I thought we should do awards before, but I was like, man, what if we did like a little live? Um, obviously, all the guys wouldn't be here in person. That would be mm. sick, but I don't have the money to fly y'all out, just to be <laughs> honest with you. I'll, you know what I mean? But yeah. if we had a little, maybe a little Twitter space or a YouTube live show, like, we did a little ESPY ceremony. I think that'd be that could be pretty cool. Do you want our ESPYs? Uh, this is the, the yeah. soft launch. Yeah, that'll be that'll be dope for real. That'd I think be that'd dope. be pretty sick, man. Um, yeah. We'd have to mix in some some fun awards in there, and I don't know if I would write like a monologue. I don't know if I'd be able to top McAfee's the other night with some of his digs mm -hmm. at uh, at Skip and all those guys. But um, yeah. what award would you be gunning for? And all of them is is not an acceptable answer, by the way. Mm. <laughs> If there was like a, let me think. I, I put you on the spot with this one. I, I do. I, yeah, like at least once on an episode, I like to put. I like to get a, a quick response out of dudes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Probably offensive player of the year. We'll, okay, we'll go with that. You go simple. We'll go yeah, that. that's straight. That's straight. Yeah, I'm thinking we need some fun ones. We need like a, you know what I mean? Like a Twitter fingers type, or we need a yeah. You know the craziest like I don't know. I, 
touchdowns. Now I'm on the spot. Now I can't think of thing. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I think I think we're gonna have some some really good opportunities to do some fun things like that. And obviously, I told um, I told Ian, you know, uh, Ian Marshall on our last episode, like whatever you guys think, like that's what I want to get out of it. So whenever you have ideas okay. and things that you see or things that you'd like to see, man, I think. Um, you know, your feedback, your feedback is big, dude, but what's, uh, what's the off season schedule look like for you right now? Besides just training, you working a job, taking any summer classes, yeah. anything else? I'm um, just working right now, working and working out. That's all. That's all I got time for. Working bro. and working out, dude. Yeah. Working and working out. You get money, you get money on the field too. So that's, that's how they that's do really it. All. I feel like, I feel like that's the biggest off season of my life because you never know what the future holds and stuff like that. So just surrounding myself around great people. And I feel like I've been doing that, stepping in some rooms that I never thought I would be in. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what my summer consisted of so far. Good for you, man. And now obviously mm-hmm. a guy who has aspirations to play at the next level. And of course, first things first, before you do start really sitting down and trying to make some of those decisions and putting yourself in that spot, you got to compete in the fall, right? You have to put up the numbers and yep. show that production once again, not that you haven't done it already, but I mean, looking forward, you know, that's going to be a pretty exciting stuff. What do you think about kind of, again, not to counter, what's the expression, counter chicken before they hatch or something along those mm-hmm. lines, but got to be exciting right now to, to kind of enter this phase of your life and really start looking towards the next couple steps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I just can't wait to get back to campus right now because I feel like, I just felt like last year I didn't play 100% healthy and it kind of, in some games it showed, but I'm just excited to really get back and ball my guys, you know. Yeah, we're going to sit down. We're going to do what we got to do on the field, and we're going to have to talk with my family later what I want to do after. Exactly. Nah, like I said, you take care of business. We know you're going to, Jordan. Thank you very much, brother. That's all I have for you tonight. Really appreciate you. Like I said, excited to have you uh, be a part of this thing. And, man, whatever you need, whatever ideas you got for me, you shoot them my way. You got my number, all right, brother? Yep, for sure. All right, I'll see you, my man. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan, for joining the show. Excited to see you. The breakout year he has, uh, fellas, I I thought his other running back, the two of them at Kutztown, had split carries, both over 100 carries last year. Um, McNeil is actually coming back as well. So potentially one of the most dangerous running back duos in the country at the Division II level. McNeil was a first-team all-PSAC selection. Jordan was second team. You don't see that very often. No, that's, no, that's very tough. rare. Yeah. So really exciting for him and that whole squad down there. They went 8-3 last year, and they're poised again to have a really large year. But before we get into... A lot of this stuff, fellas, I wanted to briefly go over the Division Three preseason All-Americans, those being selected by the College Football Network, our guy Michael over there who makes these picks. And I told him, I said, when you do this stuff, man, we're going to cover it. So let's take a look at this one, guys. Starting with the first-team All-American offense, the quarterback, pretty obvious point, choice here, Braxton Plunk from Mount Union. That is a guy that, I mean, as far as Division Three goes, there's not much more pub you can get than a guy like Braxton. He certainly, I think, deserves that list. And he's one of those guys that... When you these lists get announced, everyone starts arguing, right? Because they want to pick their home team favorite, whatever. You don't see a lot of guys questioning that pick. So I think that speaks volumes about his level of play. Uh, at the running back position, you got Hunter Klassen from Wartburg, another team we've talked a little bit about and definitely going to be highlighting uh, in the future. A lot of Mount Union guys on this list. Uh, DeAndre Parker in the backfield out of Mount Union. Then you go out into the flex with Cornell Beecham Jr. from Mount St. Joseph. Uh, Wayne Ruby from Mount Union, a wide receiver there that has made a lot of headlines as of late as well. D'Angelo Hardy from North Central. Then we then get into the wide receivers here with uh, J.D. Kidder from Bethel. Angel Sanchez from UMass Dartmouth. 
You've got Alex Larson from St. John's at the tight end spot, along with Ben Jessica from Wheaton. And Carton Barrett, Carson Barrett, excuse me, from Mount Union. Man, they just this could have just been Mount Union's offense. Pretty much. That's all it is. It's crazy, too, because they, they, I mean, they made it to the Natty, but they ain't win that thing. That's crazy. Uh, Jesky Maples from North Central, another Cardinal on there. Tucker Kinney, Mike Barosha, and Ethan Ruckman from Mary Harden Baylor. So a lot of these names, too, it is interesting to me to say, like, I mean, I know all of these team names. So, like, to me, that's like, okay, like, all of these teams are obviously very relevant right now. We don't have a lot of guys, which actually the D3 level is kind of surprising, that are showing out from these random schools in the middle of nowhere. I think that does happen sometimes, especially at D3, when you have just this wide landscape. And even, admittedly myself, I'm still learning new teams every single day. So, as far as these picks go, they seem pretty obvious. Um I know I'm certainly not educated enough to talk specifically about a lot of these guys' individual game. I'm sure you guys will probably be in the same boat. Can no, I speak only, for you and say that? The only thing I was surprised when I was looking at it is looking at the schools, there's only one UW school. Yes, that is there's a very good point. UW Out of the WIAC or the WIAC. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I mean, they got three for powerhouses sure. with Oshkosh, Lacrosse, and Whitewater in that league, and there's only one guy on that list from yeah. there, and that's I was surprised when I saw that. Agreed. And you look at even a school like River Falls actually has a lot of hype around them coming this year. I think part of that has to do with the momentum they finished out last year with winning that Culver's Isthmus Bowl, um, that little conference uh, mm. combination bowl they do there with the WAC and the other conference I'm blanking on. But they had a little bit of momentum coming out of last year. They have a lot of key returners, and you don't see a lot of that. But, again, moving forward to the other teams, I'm sure you will see there are some more picks out of that conference. Uh, he is not the sole player from the Wisconsin League to make any of these rankings. With that being said, heading over to the first-team defense, all-American side of things. Luke Schumann there, Johns Hopkins. You go down, and Dan Lester, the defensive lineman from North Central. Dawson Dietz from Washington and Jefferson. So now we're getting uh, some more names here. Jack Kelly, there you go, from the cross. And you keep moving down here. Owen Grover from Wartburg. Robert Corey from Carnegie Mellon. As a team we actually have not talked a whole lot about on this podcast. Um, probably because the guy from Carnegie Mellon that came into my high school to recruit me was a... Not going to say that expletive, but not a great not human. Not your favorite. No. <laughs> so, so sorry, Carnegie. We'll get on you eventually, man. But I just have not felt very inclined to talk about your squad. I'm um, sure there's a lot of great guys down there too. But uh, moving forward, Rossi Moore from Mount Union. We've got Caleb Harmel from Trinity, Texas, a team that uh, we definitely will be talking about here soon. Antoine Walker, Antoine Walker from North Central. And you've got uh, Michael Brown from UW River Falls. He's in that graphic there pictured. Uh, where am I at here? Griffin Pendry from Heidelberg. That's a name that we have not heard a whole lot about out of Ohio, I believe, correct? Heidelberg, a team that has not had a lot of recent success. No. So there's one of those squads that maybe you have one guy that really has been filling up the stat book and uh, making a name for himself. But, again, moving down the list, Christian Hurd up from Springfield. Uh, Vicente Garcia. Sorry if I butchered that one. From Redlands. B.J. Stewart from Trinity, Texas as well. And then, finally, Blake Ashley, the long snapper. Out of Bridgewater. Fellas. We will probably stick on just first team today because, like I said, I wish I could evaluate if you want to see the second team picks um, from the college football network be sure to check him out on twitter and instagram but uh unfortunately i just personally can't elaborate on a lot of these guys game and guys if i had all the time in the world and i could watch all their film i absolutely would unfortunately i cannot so we will move on and we're going to talk about two teams making the jump to the division two level one of them is currently in the naia scene the other in the division three scene and guys we'll start with the one that is a little bit closer to home for us that being the Roosevelt Lakers, the NAIA team, 
out of downtown Chicago, which is a very exciting uh, piece for the GLIAC and for Division Two in general because they are the only Division Two team out of downtown Chicago. We'll take a look at their video quickly before we hop into their conversation. This is the launch video tweeted at out of uh, Roosevelt Laker football today. What excites me the most about the move to NCAA Division II is all the different academic, athletic, and social opportunities that will expand that Roosevelt University already offers our students, but now it will encompass the governing body of the NCAA, which will bring some national attention to our students, but also some national opportunities for our students. I'm very excited about the competition level that we're going to face as a football program specifically. But most importantly, for our student-athlete experience, just to be not only compete nationally, but recognized nationally, will highlight what Roosevelt University already does well and give it the deserved attention. So you heard him talk a bit there. First of all... Can you be a little more excited about I was about to. I was about to say that. Coach, I'm sure you are a fantastic human, Coach. You know what? I'm sure you guys love you. But, man... If you bit. told me there was a gun to your head behind the camera there, I would have believed it. <laughs> Let's get amped up a little bit. We're going to Division Two. Hey, fellas, we've been playing the NAI scene for the last couple of years here. You're about to strap it up against Ferris State next fall. That's, in Grand what, I, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you're not even going D2. You're going to the GLIAC. Yes, and you heard him touch on that conference scheduling and the, the strength yeah. of scheduling and those type of things, which is a very valid point. And, you, man, you think that would hype a person up. You get to show your stuff against some of the best competition in the country. That was the first takeaway as well. Maybe that's just how he is, though. Maybe he's very cool, calm, collected. You know what? Who are we we to judge? But Roosevelt currently in the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference, the CCAC, if you will. They will not start competing in the D2 level until next year, the 2024-25 season, joining our conference, our being Northern Michigan University. And they will not be eligible for the playoffs until 2026-27 season. Which is two years. I don't get that. For what reason? That's a great question. I don't know. Why would you? Why, I mean, we can speculate. Why I mean, would you make that rule? I, I really I don't mean, understand. take kids. Maybe different, like different, different rulings with kids, like like eligibility wise. Like if they're going from the NAIA to the college, to NCAA eligibility things. That with, could be a good point because obviously NAIA is not a part of the NCAA, so it might no, be different. No, they don't have the same rules. I know this they don't is, have the same rules. This is rules, a, like so. a long shot, but NAIA drug testing is very different to NCAA drug testing. I so know. that might actually have something so to do it with might, it, though. And you, don't, you get more heavily drug tested once you make the playoffs. I know that's a fact. Very true. No, you're absolutely so correct. So it might be having like to starting to adjust that new drug system, drug testing. I I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with something that makes logical sense. Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that it is NAIA to an NCAA institution school, I think is probably a huge part of that. But you have to think, too, coming from the NAIA level, it certainly is not like, again, they're also joining the GLIAC, but, like, you don't expect teams to make that jump and then, oh, holy shit, you're in the national semifinals. Like, you're even making the playoffs. No, that's right. We had a a two-loss Davenport team last year that, you know, barely squeaked their way into yeah. the playoffs. Like, you don't just accidentally end up in the playoffs. No, yeah. t- two lost Davenport team that was legit. Yeah. I mean, like, real, real good with dudes from everywhere. Absolutely. It is interesting. So, I brought up just some more uh, info here, and they submitted its application to join NCAA D2 uh, on February 1st of 2023, apparently. But I know we had talked about this way before then, so this article I do believe is incorrect. So, if you want to hear... 
uh, from the actual, the former associate commissioner of the GLIAC. He is no longer there, but Cam Trudell, who was um, a good connection of mine. We've had him on the podcast a few times, but I can put a little card to the video if you want to check it out. Hopefully I remember to go back and post and do that. Uh, but we talked with him as soon as this news broke about Roosevelt entering the conference. And uh, in August of last year, they received what's called provisional membership to join the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And it's just very, very interesting how the whole process goes. Um, as far as what they bring to the conference, it's not just football that they are bringing to the conference. Yeah. They have 23 varsity programs, more than 500 student-athletes. So very cool opportunity for them. And uh, I can't even imagine what it takes from going for, to go from the NAIA level to the NCAA, like having to switch – scholarships and having to do all that. I can't even imagine though. Yeah. And I want to say I read somewhere like, and you guys can maybe fact check me on this, but NAIA was like 24 ish scholarships as far as yeah, the... it's, it's something. It's not as big as NCAA. I mean, the money's Cause division two is like 36 full equivalencies of the school's tuition. Is it 36 or is it 32? Oh, it might be 32. I don't remember. One or the other. I think look at us. We don't even know. D one is 36. No, no. D one FBS is 85 full. Dang, I, I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. What? That's crazy. Damn, I didn't FCS has like 65 or so, but they can technically, I believe, give partials. I the believe. FCS can. Yes. Yeah. FCS, I don't know, is it partials or they can just like give, ha- well, I guess that would be partial. Like they halves. can, but they can also give, I mean, you could always, any level can, that gives money can give full. Like D2 can yeah. technically give full, but you don't see that because guys get uh, FAFSA or they get ac- academic yeah. money. So you're usually just giving a partial to try and get them to a certain number. And that's, man, imagine trying to juggle all those numbers for that's like, what I'm saying. guys doing that. You know what's going to be weird? What's that? Roosevelt's going to be the third Lakers to be in the GLIAC because we have Grand Valley and then um, Lake State. They don't have... Lake Superior State, they don't have football, but they're but also... But they the, technically are the Lakers. You're they correct. are the Lakers. So. That is weird. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? So, like, basketball matches. There's only... Lakers versus Lakers, and then Lakers versus Lakers next week, probably. That's yeah, just, that's going like, weird. That's such an odd mascot, too. It's, but I guess it's like it's, the Tigers or something. It's just but it's just because they're all near the Great Lakes. <laughs> I mean, that's why... I mean, it is really exciting that, you know, we have a Division Two presence in Chicago right now. Like, that is something that... Um, has not been there since I want to say because Robert Morris is Division One, correct? Yes, they are, and Loyola yes. is Div- Division One as well. Yes, but do they have football. They, they don't have no, they football. football, but they're still Robert, Division One in most sport in all sports. Yes, but Robert Morris, do they still have football there? They do, I believe. I thought maybe I not. Know. No, I, I did think they merged though. I thought. We have to, we but have then to Robert Morris. Well, that's where I think isn't that where they're playing? Isn't that's where Roosevelt's no playing? Idea. I thought they were playing at Ro- uh, Robert Morris Field. Yeah, but then I got confused because no, Robert Morris does still have football. Just verified for you guys. Um, they they I got know, their twenty twenty three schedule right here. Actually, they play they play Air Force, Youngstown State, Lynchburg, Howard, Gardner Webb, Bryant, Tennessee Tech, Southern Missouri. So yeah, it's a, it's a Division one schedule there, man. Yeah, they must be. I'm guessing they're FCS though. Yes, because be. a lot of these yeah. Tennessee Tech, all these schools, they but they do play some FBS teams, you know. Yeah. So, uh, very interesting stuff there. But the other team we wanted to talk about is Sol Ross State. Have you guys heard anything about Sol Ross State? I've, first no. time they've been on my radar. They're out of Texas. Where at in Texas? That is a good question, Jack. 
Um, why don't you go ahead and find that out for me? But Soul, Soul? Soul Raw State, S-U-L, Soul Raw State. They have been approved for completion, com- competition Excuse me, in the NCAA Division Two. I got it. And their athletic department received word today, Alpine, as we're recording this, from the NCAA. It has been approved for Division Two athletic competition. They are from? Alpine, Texas. Alpine, Texas. Which is? I'm trying to figure out, like, give me, like, a... Is in the middle of nowhere. This is a team that will join Division II competition as part of the Lone Star Conference in fall of 2024, so the same timeline as Roosevelt. And that comes at a very good time for the Lone Star because the Lone Star is, I mean, borderline unstable at this point. You lose, we were just talking about him before the show, Jack, Simon Frazier. You lose Simon Frazier out of that conference, and you have Western Oregon, and what was it, like, uh, there's a central, is it central Washington, central Washington in that league. He's still pretty prominent in that league, but they are. But the fact that geographically, you know what I well, mean? That's the thing. Yeah. How that's going to be travel. It's the Lone Star crazy. conference, yeah. not the freaking Western United States conference. So you still have your mainstays in the program, your West Texas A&M, your Texas A&M Kingsville, your Angelo state and those type of squads. Yeah. You still have your mainstays, but um, definitely a big pickup for them to capitalize on another Texas school to join their conference and to beef up their numbers because that's the same thing with the GLIAC. I mean, you look at the GLIAC right now, as far as just strictly football is concerned, because you look at, um, you know, Lake State and Parkside who don't have yeah. football. Purdue Northwest, that doesn't have a football team. So you got three members right there that don't even have it. So you're talking about Northern, you got Tech, you've got Saginaw, Grand Valley, Ferris, Davenport, Wayne. Seven. Seven institutions. Good math right there. Seven football, <laughs> seven football institutions in the GLIAC, though. And, and you know, that's why we have all these out-of-conference games. You look at the NSIC, this is the first year they're doing out-of-conference games. And they only get one apiece because their conference has been so large and so prominent over there, they haven't even had the need to, which that's, is very interesting. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? But I feel like that's not – I mean, I almost like having a few out-of-conference games. Oh, it's way more it's entertaining. Different. Like we're going to Duluth this year. That's something different, you know. I'm, and Northern yeah, State's coming here. Yeah, being for like the college experience of being an athlete in college, it's cool to go to different ta- like locations and like even if it is just Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I love going places. Like I remember my first year when we went to McKendree. Like that um, was cool. That was it. Was just different, you know. The thirteen-hour bus ride wasn't as fun, but. The athletic director at Sol Ross, Amanda Workman, completed the application in January 2023. It says she said it was uh, the student athlete experience was the rationale for exploring the change. I don't know. I mean, the D3, you know, presence down there is pretty big in Texas. I mean, football itself in the whole state is obviously massive. Everything is bigger yeah. in Texas. Um, exactly. Kobe. But she said that, uh, quote, we'll be attracting more now. students who will be able to continue to participate in sports after high school. Uh, no shit. Uh, it makes us more competitive on the field, and we believe it will increase enrollment and augment retention efforts. Ultimately, our goal is to have all student-athletes graduate with a degree a degree, excuse me, from SRSU. Well, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's not going to help your uh, enrollment because you're in the absolute middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's in, you know, like the, the, boot, the boot of Texas, like the little like. The closest city is Chihuahua, Mexico. Chihuahua? Mexico, yes. It is the closest, <laughs> like, actual big city. Are you city. serious? There's a... You're probably closer to New Mexico than you are to any, like. There's Fort Davis, Fort Stockton. Yeah, you know you those were, places? Because I've never heard of them in my life. The biggest, like, near is probably, I mean, Midland, but like, the ones that we would know is San Antonio, and that's probably. Take a look at these Fall unis, off. though, from Sol Ross. That's those pretty are clean. sweet. Those are nice. What's their logo? Sol Ross, you are on my radar right now. Their logo, I believe, is quite literally an SR. There's not a whole lot else going on on those uniforms. Um, I can pull up 
another picture here. If you give me a second, they're I'm the Lobos. They are the Lobos. That is correct. They're the Lobos, which is a, a good logo. It's actually kind of sweet. Here is a better shot of the logo here on the side of the helmet for you guys. There those you are have sweet. It. I really like those uniforms. I like they're that really gray, clean. That gray that they have, Western Kentucky vibes, kind of, yeah. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit different gray. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think of what kind of correlates. They're more to like that. they're like chrome almost. You're right. No, Western yeah. Kentucky definitely is. Yeah. But these, I mean that that shiny red compared to more of the matte finish gray. I is, love the matte gray. Look. I like anything like matte a matte helmet. I'm I with think that. is. Sweet. I'm with that. The red face mask work really well on this yeah. uniform too. I don't. This didn't really turn into a uniform critique, but I mean, for a lot of our audience, they've probably never heard of this team either. So we're all just being introduced to them now. Yeah. Sweet. Shout out to the Lobos. Yep. Wonder what their mascot is in the, in the spirit of talking mascots. Um, he's just he's a Lobo. Oh, he's a Lobo. He's he's a wolf. Trevor, what the hell is a Lobo? I don't know. It's, a, I, uh, it's the New Mexico. Who's else is a Lobo? New Mexico. Am I right by saying that? I don't uh, know. No, New Mexico. You're asking State. the wrong. Guys. No, New Mexico State's the. One of them. Cowboy. Aggies. Cowboys? What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this, it's the dude with the... It's the, yeah, I yeah, can think of the logo. Yeah, he's got, I know, I know what you're talking about. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's either Gaucho or Cowboy. Can you see that from over there, Kobe? It's overexposed on the camera, but I can see it, yes. But either way. I wasn't trying to show the camera. I was trying to show you. Oh, then I saw it. I saw it just fine. I didn't uh, think the camera would be able what to is, What does overexposed on the camera mean? I don't know, but I just went with it. <laughs> like I pretended. Does like that I mean like the, the phone can't, it can't see? It's too bright. So the camera's exposure needs to be dialed down because you we're not going to get uh, We can explain after the podcast. All right. Well, that was some <laughs> knowledge for podcast listeners. Um, let's get into our team features for today. The first one, I figure we start with the D2 level. Yes. West Florida, Division II program out of the Gulf South Conference, a team that has, we talked about it in the beginning. They've had an insane amount of success. The stat that I gave right at the top here, they won the national title in 2019. They're the youngest startup program at any collegiate level to go from first season to championship title in four years. That's like the Vegas Golden Knights. What are they doing in? They doing four? Yeah. Crickets. Yeah, well, they, well, they went, to the, they went to the championship the first year. Yes, they did. They and they lost. Yeah. But, I mean, that's alone pretty sweet. Yeah, but this squad right here, this West Florida team, has been making a lot of noise ever since they even started the program. And they have a lot to be really excited about because uh, their second head coach in the history of the program, Coach Caleb Nobles, is taking the reins for them. Here is Coach Nobles right here. This is the man in charge of the Argonauts moving forward. And Coach Nobles has quite the interesting story, as in... The last two years, he spent on Dabo Sweeney's staff, excuse me, over at Clemson. But really, the part that's interesting about him is he spent four seasons as a player and a member of the coaching staff under Pete Shinnick, who was their previous head coach. So now he plays quarterback for them, uh, coaches on the offensive side of the ball, leaves the staff to go to Clemson, get some of that great experience under his belt. And then when Coach Shinnick decided to take the job at Towson University, a Division I squad, then opens the door, comes back in, how you doing, keep it moving. Coach in the building probably was the obvious decision for the Argonauts. You know what his yeah. position was at Clemson? That I can probably. Like a, he well, was offensive player development coach under head coach Dabo Sweeney, so probably some type of assistant role well, for cool. the head that's coach. That's sweet though. Like that's the best place to be. I mean, one of the for sure. And you talk about be right under him, be right by his side the whole time, listen to everything he says. I'm sure it's just being spot. like you said. Being around that facility, being around that caliber of a football program and learning those things from not only just Dabble, but his entire staff and that yeah. entire uh, program has to be absolutely 
invaluable. He spent three seasons on Shinnick's staff from, uh, I lost it there, 2017 to 2020 as a quarterback coach for the Argonauts. He was named the co-offensive coordinator in May of 2020. He was also the director of football operations for two-plus years. I mean, this guy, not only has is he a great coach, it's proven in the quarterbacks that he's had. I don't know if you guys know the name Austin Reed. Name sounds familiar. Transferred yeah. from uh, West Florida. He was the National Freshman of the Year after he threw for 4,000 yards wow. and 270 yards per game to rank 13th nationally. He transfers to Western Kentucky, has an outstanding breakout year for them, the Hilltoppers, correct? Yes. And this guy has just had quarterbacks that have been absolutely phenomenal. Now, don't get me wrong. The quarterbacks themselves, great players, but the common denominator in all of their careers and their this success hand. is this guy right here. So, a great offensive mind to be joining the Argonauts. Uh, the current quarterback for the Argonauts, Pee Wee Jarrett, we're going to talk about him in just a second. He's a guy who last year led this team to, I believe, the national semifinal or a quarterfinal, yeah. excuse me, against yeah, Ferris. Yeah. Um, and Pee Wee is a talented dude as well. We've seen what he's done. He was uh, All American coming out of junior college and now has made his mark on West Florida. Um, but again, this guy, I guess, a shout out to Coach Nobles. We'd love to have a chance to get him on the show sometime. But this team is in, is definitely in great hands um, with his hands at the reins. They, Let's uh, talk. They also go got ahead. that that quarterback that was going to Florida. Yes, we're going to talk got, about that him. That guy in trouble. Absolutely. You know, for saying a few things. And then he's going there, too. Very interesting, especially as far as we talk about quarterbacks. So yeah. we certainly will get into talking about that here in just a second. But before we do any of that, looking at the 2022 season, for the Argonauts, just wanted to pull this up real quick for us, fellas. And if you take a look back at what they did last year, look at that record right there. 12-2 and two in the conference, 6-1. and one. And some of these games, man, these scores, they certainly put the herd on teams. But we've talked a lot about Delta State here in the past. Obviously, that locker room video we posted was pretty special. They lost to them in double overtime in the regular season. And if we fast forward, we'll go to the rest of it. Fast forward, they get their revenge right here in the playoffs. Oh, when not hard to beat a good team yeah, twice. It is. That is the it absolutely hard to beat is, a good man. team twice. But you look through and some really quality wins on this schedule. That loss to Delta State, obviously a tough one, but against North Greenville here, and then at number fifteen, West Georgia, they get pull out that victory. Uh, Mississippi College, West Alabama is a big one, and then Valdosta. Uh, Valdosta State had a down year last year. We'll talk about the standings in the Gulf South Conference here in a little bit, but a win against Valdosta is a win against Valdosta. They're still, yeah, a they're, good, still, they're still a solid, solid program. program. Yeah, Jinx. Huh? Yeah, Look it. at you two. <laughs> Look at that. But moving through the rest of their schedule here, you get into the playoffs, and uh, again, you see some of these scores, and you're like, man, Limestone, really good squad out of the sack last year. They were running things over there in the sack. They got into the playoffs, could not handle the offense from West Florida. And again, part of that too is they get to host that game. Things get different when you go to Ferris State, you're not playing down in Florida, guys. No. That is a no. big part of the game. West side of Michigan in the winter. Disgusting. Not fun. <laughs> Wasn't it snowing that game? It was snowing. I about to say, every I think playoff I game? Every yeah. playoff game. I remember watching the Grand Valley Ferris yes. State. That game was ugly. <laughs> it helps Ferris so much, though. Oh, their style yeah. of play is totally designed around mm-hmm. that because Coach Anise, talk about his background, Coaching over there in he that Muskegon area, yeah. Coached at Muskegon for a bunch of years. He knows exactly how to deal with it, man. Yep. Better than probably anybody else. But uh, they were also the team to stop the Cinderella story Wingate team, who kind of barely squeaked into the playoffs. Excuse me, they were the uh, the third team out of the SAC conference, I believe, to get into the playoffs. And they ended up making a run. They beat the one seed in their region. We talked about that a little bit, IUP. Um, but ultimately, falling to Ferris State, we can continue to talk on uh, West Florida here. Let's talk about those quarterbacks. A little bit before we jump into anything else. 
Um, or we could go. I can't think what that kid's name is. is it I don't worry. I have it. All, I have it all pulled up. But first, I don't should worry. say before we get into all that, let's take a look at some of the facilities down there at West Florida. This is the stadium down at West Florida. By like the way, it. whoever took this shot, um, shout out Morgan Givens, their photographer down there, does a fantastic job. I wonder if this was his drone photo, but. Nice little stadium. Nothing too crazy. They obviously have a really good turnout for a lot of their games. I do like the building in the back of the end zone is always a good touch on these mm-hmm. uh, college football stadiums. And you is, know what I'm going to say about the field? What's that? You know what I'm going to say about the field, too? What are you going to say? The, the ultra, lines? You the like lines. that? You know I, I like the dude, lines. I'm we talked about the last lines. episode. We did. You're right. I'm big on the lines. Yeah, I think it looks good. Yeah. I like their just like a little thing here. Like their typeface, their font with like... The way yep. it has those little pieces. I don't even know how to describe that in the text. It's so, like, unique. If you can kind of get a good, in the end zones there, if you can get a good view at that. Am I tripping or is the way bleachers grass? Yeah, I don't know if those actually are bleachers. I think it's just a hill. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of masked by the fact there's a lot of people there, but I do believe Although, that it's just a hill. That might be better than having, like, just crappy stands. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally get what you mean. Because then people yeah. just know how to bring chairs. People just know what it you know, like like lawn chairs. I know exactly what you mean. Um, Looking, I couldn't find a ton of really good pictures of the locker room, but I think this one probably does the best at kind of showing it off. Um, really nice wood lockers there. Um, I do like how they have the mannequins with all their jersey combinations. We could say some of the best jersey combinations great in small school football. Yeah. yeah, great color combination. Yeah, I was about to say they had a good color combination. I like that green and the yellow. Or the whoa, there's no whoa, yellow, buddy. buddy. Do we need a color wheel for you for the? Green the hill. Yeah, we need in a... the room. That's funny. Um, I do really love their jersey combinations, though. I feel like are probably some of the most unique. Uh, I'm trying to see if I had. I might have had a better picture of them on here, but I really don't. Uh, I should have been a little better prepared. But yeah, the greens. I mean, for them, I think are really sharp. They're definitely different than a lot of the things that we see. But, I think typically out of uh, out of these schools, it's a little bit of a risky color. It is, but it works. The all white looks clean. Yeah, too. that all white is nasty. Really good complimentary colors on the uh, on the all white there. And then how about the weight room for West Florida? That's nice. not too bad right there. But then you also got to remember everything's so new there too because you know what? True. That is a very good point because when you start in 2019, guess when all these were made? 2019. Probably around then. Yeah, a little before or, then maybe. Or a little yeah, before 18, then. But. Yeah, but still. Like, they were ready for 2019. Exactly. So when you talk about that, that's a very good point, is that a lot of these facilities are new. But I do like to highlight all the facilities of the teams uh, that we on here have yeah. on here because uh, I think people do appreciate checking that out. But now, Jack, we can finally get into a little bit of uh, the quarterback conversation with the Argonauts. Now, Pee Wee Jarrett, he's back for uh, 2023. His 2022 stats, 33 touchdowns to eight interceptions for him. We've had him on the show Great human. Would love to get him back on here. Pee-wee's the man. 2,719 yards passing, 864 rushing last year. And you can make the argument, Kobe, he played in an extra three game. I don't give a shit. Those are playoff games against playoff teams. Those stats are hard-earned. At least is my take on it. 151 QBR. That's really good. It It said quarterback rating on their website. I'm assuming that's the same metric. Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, what you would, you would think. You would so. think. You would think. But we'll go with that. We'll go with that. But again, according to their website, right? That's that's the rating. Yeah. So he is the incumbent. Is the correct term? If we're going to get a kind of like election style on this thing, he's the incumbent at West Florida. The new kid on the block is Marcus Stokes. Am I supposed to know what incumbent means? Incumbent is like currently. Oh, he's the dude. He's the dude. Yes. Yeah. So sure. like, if uh, he was the dude, and and right now he is the dude. 
it's saying the UP we have a we have a, a you know, House of Representatives rep, and someone's running against them. But this guy's already been in the House. He's the incumbent. He's been there, there before. He's that's been like, there. Yeah. yeah usually here in like election talk, I'm bringing it to football because why not? You know what I mean? It makes sense. More learning for you guys. Here. <laughs> I love it. Um, but he is the incumbent. Marcus Stokes is the one who is going to be giving him uh, potentially a run for his money. I have not seen any film of the kid. He's legit. He's obviously He's legit. a really talented quarterback. No, wasn't he a five-star? So, yeah, we're going to talk about Four, it right here. Yeah, UWF, the, Florida, the former Florida quarterback commitment, he's heading over to West Florida. And kind of a contro- controversial decision here for Coach Nobles. Um, he was a St. Augustine niece high school. He was rated the number 14 quarterback prospect in the nation by one of the publications, you know, mm. during uh, entering the season. Visited... UVF, um, and although I do believe he had some other potentially he had, he smaller had, he D1 committed schools. A Penn, no, he committed to Penn State originally. And then he wanted to stay home, committed to Florida, and then everything kind of hit the fan for him. Yes. So um, the controversy around Stokes committed to Florida, uh, and then in mid-November, a video service on social media the downfall of just too many people today, it seems like. And he's singing a song in the car, says a couple things that uh, definitely for a man of his complexion, not supposed to say that. No. Nope. Yep. I think mm-hmm. it's the pretty easiest way to say that, right? Yeah. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. I get shit happens, but like, don't put yourself in that situation. Exactly. Don't even let that be a possibility, right? Because now you see what happens. And the kid's life isn't over. Like, he's still no. got a chance to play a lot of really great football. And I hope he really does. But oh, I, yeah, I hope that. Definitely you know. squandered away an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. No, I think he. Uh, I mean, I was I saw some of his. Uh, he's got a huge following. Does he on social media? Huge TikTok and Instagram following. And I mean, I, I saw his some name of his. was probably in headlines for a little bit there, and uh, yeah, all of that causes Billy Napier to drop his scholarship offer. Um, now he went to the same high school as Tim Tebow. Kind of a interesting fact. That's why I dropped the name, dropped the name a little bit earlier, which is kind of kind of neat. Now after the fallout, he was offered by Albany State. Um, but then they withdrew the offer because the coach learned about what happened. Albany State's actually at HBCU. That probably wasn't going to fly. <laughs> probably not. No. Probably not. I don't think so. But well, I mean, yeah. all this aside, right, when Coach Nobles was asked about this, right, and he talked about what it was like to have him on campus. He said, quote, we brought him in here. We really didn't talk much football. It was about everything that has gone on with him in the past and just making sure his apology was sincere. That's what Nobles said. So – Definitely seems like his priorities in the right place. Like, hey, we know what the hell kind of football player we're getting. We've seen the tape. We've seen yeah. what you can do with your arm, with your leg, with your brain. We've seen what you can do with all that. I need to know if the character that we're getting is good enough to put on the field and to represent this program because Coach Noble is obviously a guy that is very prideful of this West Florida Argonauts team. And you know what? He obviously felt really good about the kid that he got there because um, – he said, quote, again, we feel good about the person we're getting and, more importantly, the player. Uh, and that was kind of it. I mean, it's – I think you got to make like a an serious, obvious choice. Yeah, I think you got to make a pretty good apology um, to, like, you know, almost opening day, kind of right off the rip because everyone's going to know who you are. Yep. You don't have 100,000 followers on TikTok and no one knows who you are, you know? Yes. So I think you got to open up with a good apology and, you know, hope that you can earn some trust back. Absolutely. With everybody on the team. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
definitely interesting there. And that will be, you know, maybe he doesn't come in and challenge Pee Wee for the job right away. Like, we, we don't have, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going on down there. No. Pee Wee's the guy for them. Like, he is the guy. It would take definitely a lot, a lot of motion down there to usurp him from uh, the throne that is the starting quarterback. But he's also going to be a freshman, so. Yes, I believe so, it, right? It was probably going to, it's probably good for him to learn under Pee Wee for a year. Because he has one year left, right? I do believe so. I think this yeah. is the last, I yeah. want to say. So, no, it's a great point. I mean, that's like bringing in a rookie, right? Yeah, exactly. Have him learn under the vet. Pretty cool stuff. Um, now, moving on for them. Other key contributors, especially on the offensive side of the ball. 2022 leading rusher, Shamari Mason. He's not coming back. He's in the portal. Their other primary back, Ravion Hargrove, he's now at Texas A&M Com- uh, Commerce. Excuse me. You lose your two starting rushers last year out of that backfield. That's kind of a big blow for these guys. And don't get me wrong, this offense, as high powered as they are, they're gonna find somebody else to get back there exactly. and just hope the, the damn rock. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they gotta have I love it. They love gotta it. have you don't have West Florida and you're that good. I think you can recruit some running backs. Absolutely. I'm or already have find. some on your roster too. That also is actually a very good point. Like, and we know they've gone to the portal a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the say, teams yeah, that they've got. Uh, some of the teams, excuse me. Some of the players they got out of the portal. But when you talk about pure production, though, and like pure workload, I think at the running back position is very important. And again, I'm biased. I'm a running back. But I look at this stuff. Mason, Shamari Mason had 152 carries last year. Hargrove, 101 carries. There's one other guy over 100 carries. Who do you think it was? Pee-wee. It was Pee-wee. Had 133. Wow. Wow. I didn't. Wow. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a big frame on him. He's a durable guy. Yeah. He can take some hits, but 130. You don't want your I, I don't. Uh, what, is, what is. Do you know his height weight? Pee-wee's? I can get it to you in about three seconds. He's listed at 6'3, 245. He's a big. Pee Wee is that dude. Damn. I, when you someone you got a name, Pee Wee, I mean, you would, <laughs> think, <laughs> you would think that, you know, he's a smaller person. He's undersized his whole life, chip yeah, on his shoulder. Yeah, you know. Kind of no, like Pee Wee is a man. That's a dude. <laughs> Damn. I love that. I didn't even think about like that because I already know like who he is. Yeah, I know Pee Wee is, but that's pretty funny. I never thought about that either. That's hilarious, dude. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's it's definitely going to be a big hit for them. But like I said, and like you guys said, like you're going to either A, address it in the portal, or you've probably got guys in your team that are already talented, you know, down exactly. in that roster, some younger guys who are going to fill those shoes. Um, certainly some exciting stuff for them. And we look at the Gulf South standings from last year, fellas. And, I mean, obviously West Florida is at the top of this list. If I zoom in here a little bit, throw it up on the screen for you all. Uh, you look there, West Florida, Delta State. Those are the top dogs in the conference right now. And when you look into this year, you look at the offenses, the people who are coming back. The quarterback from Delta State was the first team uh, All-American on the College Football Network selection. Yeah, that's, those, are, those names are kind of small, fellas. I apologize for that. Uh, but when you look down that standing, some pretty good, I mean, really good competition in the front half of that conference. When you look at West Florida, Delta State, West Georgia, West Alabama, these teams have had pretty solid years. Valdosta State last year, a down year for them. But you know a team like Valdosta State does not, when they go down, they don't stay down, right? Yeah. That's one of those squads they have enough tradition enough history they'll be they'll be know, right back sliding their way kinda, into the playoffs here pretty soon again i never realized like now seeing the standings how good this conference is. I, was, I was looking at it's it, definitely like, an underrated conference. just when you see the names correct yeah. yes yeah. i knew all the names but I, I never like put together all, they're all in the same conference that's a great point that's a really good point uh, i mean i remember when uh, we had coach bish on here from texas a&m kingsville and like remember i don't know if you're on that episode but i was he, on that episode. he was so excited when he was like yeah, we just scheduled the game with uh, West Georgia. Like, their second game, they got yeah. out of conference. And, like, that's a big deal for them because it's a prove-it game. And when yeah. you have a name like that, West Georgia, like, 
If you can get an out-of-conference win like that, those are playoff points. Remember he time. was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this right now. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> <he told> <laughs> It was pretty funny. I love that. And I I wish we could, like, break news. Obviously, our, yeah. all of our episodes are recorded. They come out the next day. But um, I do remember him saying that. That was, that was pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> but finally, fellas, our last note on West Florida here. Some good talk today. Some real good talk today. I did want to touch on the transfer of the transfers here. Um, from West Florida, at least some of the ones listed. Um, we know one of them, John McMullen, the defensive lineman from Northern Michigan. Yep. He's a dog. He is. Dude is a freak of nature. Like, athletically, um, definitely, I use air quotes, undersized at the oh, position, yeah. right? But when you talk about speed off the ball, you talk about hand placement, you talk about motor, you t- all these things that make a good defensive lineman physicality, he's, he's like a five-tool it. baseball player. Yeah. yeah. I've, had to bl- I've had to block him for two years. I was going to say, both of you guys have experience on the mm. other side of said human. It's not so. fun trying to block him. No, he is he is ridiculously fast, and he just... He's so quick, but then he also has power to that. Like, he can beat you with so many different moves. Yeah. It's not like he favors one move over the other. Like, he can bull rush you, the next play just go right around you, and you not even touch him. Because then you have to respect and honor both. Right, exactly. and that's yeah. that's really that's a key. tough thing. Yeah. Tough thing to do is respect both things. Totally, it is really hard. And as far as some of the other transfers that they're uh, getting in here, a lot in the defensive backfield. I think you will find um, some of the mid-year transfers here. We have Justin Matthew out of Sioux Falls, and he had not the in most incredible stat line at Sioux Falls, which I'm assuming is part of the reason that he uh, got out of there and is wanting a new opportunity down at West Florida. Uh, you have Kevin Quinn, the quarterback from Georgia Military, which is interesting there. He was a freshman at Georgia Military College. That is going to be an interesting uh, addition to that room. So a lot of competition Dang, in that quarterback that room. That quarterback room is insane. He's 6'2", 205. He's got a decent frame on him, especially for a young kid. We talk, he, That's his freshman year, so now going into a sophomore, again, learning under Coach Nobles, Seems like at the D2 level, that might be the guy if you want to go play somewhere yeah. bigger or professionally. Yeah. You know anything about Georgia Military School? I don't I don't know. Never heard of it until I just read it off this page. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either. <laughs> Are they D1, D2, I would assume? I would assume I think they're D2. They're, I, don't I don't think they're D2. I feel like we would have. Georgia Military. I know like Coast Guard is, is like a D3 team, I believe. I'm well, I know. What's this? The Citadel is D1. What's that? The Citadel's D1. The Citadel is D1. You're correct. They're, F- so is they're FBS. They're group of so five. So is v- VMI. Mm, I don't Why don't know. you do a quick Google search for us right there? Um, but sure. I'll keep going down the list of some of the transfers here. Offensive lineman Joseph Stone, 6'7", 340 from Middle Tennessee State. Damn. That's a big human. Um, as far as Middle Tennessee State goes, kind of a mouth, uh, mouthful there. Shout out my boy Mitch Howell that plays there, by the way. Uh, played high school ball with him. But uh, he appeared in the final three regular season games against Charlotte, FIU, and FAU. Got so you would assume that, again, a guy that believes he wants more of an opportunity to get on the field, and that's why he's making this move to West Florida. The division of the Georgia Military School is JUCO. Wow, okay. Would have never guessed that. That would have been my like absolutely last guess. Military Juco. school being in JUCO. It's almost like boarding school. <laughs> Isn't that what military is? Yeah, but they're like, send him, they're like, send him to JUCO. Like, hey, they're going to JUCO, man. You're going down there. You, you got to be come, military you, on top of Juco, Juco football. Oh, those kids got to be just, that kid had to get out of there so fast. He, get out. <laughs> he hit the high road quickly. Oh, another uh, notable transfer, too. A guy that we had in the podcast, Jake Dorn from Saginaw Valley, um, the defensive end that's making yeah. his way down to West Florida. That defensive line for West Florida is well, going be to be good. Yeah. Very good. And the guy coaching him, Coach Mello from Davenport, who made his way down there as well. So hence some of these GLIAC connections you see them making their way down. How do you think those connections were facilitated? 
He saw these guys play. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's getting with those guys. Exactly. And they're safe picks. They're old veteran guys that have one year left apiece. Uh, man, if you've seen any of the workouts that Jake Dorn does, you'd think he would be a stunt double for Captain America. <laughs> the um, I got I to you know a timeline question. When did the Davenport coach go there? Do you know? That's a great question. Because I, I know, I give you a I know John that. McMullen took a visit to Davenport and then took a visit to West Florida after that. So I didn't know. Ooh. That was after. I didn't that know if there was a connection. He had already made the move. Yeah, okay. No, that was, was after he already made the, the move. Connection that's there. a good. That's a good. That's a, a definitely a valid, a valid point though. But I think we could. That can be it for West Florida. I mean, we we covered the team. That's that's pretty good analysis. It was. It was Come on, we did a good yeah. job, man. That was good. Um, we can move on to the Division Three side of things. You didn't, get, you didn't get as many claps as I nope. did, Kobe. I didn't. I need to. I need to hit the button again. Is that what I need to do? Yeah, do it for yourself. Okay, I'm not going to now because you made me feel bad. <laughs> there you go, Kobe. Thanks. Division Three, Delaware Valley. They are in the MAC, and again, different MAC than you might think. The Aggies from Delaware Valley looking to win their sixth consecutive MAC championship in 2023. I don't care what level of football, no, what tough. conference you're in. That shit is really hard. So I guess we can start things off by by looking at their 2022 schedule before jumping into the rest of the conversation. I'm trying to find where my mouse is on the screen. There we are. Um, but fellas, the Aggies, 2022. Let's take a look at that schedule. 12 and one. That one loss, obviously, uh, in the playoffs to Mount Union. But looking through this, talk about a team that put the freaking Beat down. They left no question in a lot of these games. No, not at all. Absolutely no question. I mean, some of these games, set. like you look at this week two game, like yeah, that's a close little close little contest right there. But moving on, forty one zip, forty two. I will say four thirty four. Off the top of my head, not the most competitive conference in the Division three. So no, you got I a couple teams. You got a couple schools. teams on here like. Uh, Kings College usually has a pretty good squad. I know uh, Lycoming has; a, they've got a good squad. I've I've heard a lot about them. Um, but the most of these teams, some of these I won't schools lie to you. I've never heard of. That's part of it. But like I said, it's still a game every week, and it's still when you have this many wins. I was texting with Louie, our new sponsored athlete from uh, Delaware Valley. When you have this many wins, there is a target on your back, especially oh, yeah. within that conference. Oh, yeah, for you sure. know, if you're They're this like team, the team to beat, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, but. You know, like like you said, they're the team to beat, so you're going to get the team's best shot. Every single week, you're getting this squad, whether it's Stevenson or uh, Misericordia or Montclair State, you're getting their best shot every single week. I think yep. that's what we have to think about. It. Yeah. Um, but if we continue to look down the bottom of that schedule there, first-round playoffs, that was a tough one for them, wasn't it, against Gallaudet? They put more points on Gallaudet than they did <sighs> in any other regular season Yeah, that's game. crazy. They got into the playoffs and unloaded. Ah, uh, that's crazy. Uh, but moving on, Randolph, Macon, Macon. Man, I wish Probably I Macon. Macon. Beat them. Close close margins on that one. Probably a real competitive game. And then finally, Mount Union in the quarterfinal there. Or uh, would that be semifinal? I believe that is, is the semifinal. No. No, that's quarters quarterfinal. Quarters, quarter semi, yeah. Yes, that was quarters um, against Mount Union, who would eventually go on to be in the national championship. But um, definitely a solid year for them. I don't want to say in any way that this was a, a disappointment of a year. Now, I'm sure some of those guys in that roster will tell you otherwise, right? Like, they thought this yeah. was the year they win it all. Guys, the more we talk about them, you might find out that this coming year might be the year for them all. And um, we talked about the five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back conference championships this sweet that's what they have to show for it right there some good the only one i don't like is the fourth 
The green. The, the neon. The green eyes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm sold on the now, green. That looks a little tacky. But the other ones are, those are sweet. I mean, the one with the... The Alabama A. I don't know yeah, if can we can Alabama we get rid of the Alabama A on that? I don't know where. Can they even use that? Out of DVU, like Del Val, even is kind of cool. But like, where, where, where are we getting the A from? I'm not I really like. It is Aggies. That's got to be it. Oh yeah, the Aggies is on a few of them. You yeah, get that one on the right. Yeah. yeah, I like the far right one the most. Simple. All the way on the right. Yeah. Now, see, I like the left, and I actually like. I the like second. the middle. I like the middle. Look at us. Diverse opinions out here. I think that middle one's hard. Del Val like, is dope. I actually like the neon green one. All right. Well, we can move on. You'd have to be <laughs> on the podcast soon. Uh, but certainly the, the, the hardware to show for it for the Aggies out of Delaware Valley. And before we look at the 2023 schedule for that squad, let's look at some of the, again, some of the returners. I'm texting Louie. And before we talk about, um, you know, some of the other guys that we are going to talk about, let's talk about Louie himself. And I will say he was not the one that said, oh, you guys need to talk about me for next mm. year. He didn't mention himself at all, but he knew I was going to talk about him anyways. Um, the quarterback for the squad, 20 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 2,400 yards passing, 472 rushing. Really good stat line for that, that squad. That is a good stat line. Takes care of the ball, at least like it seems like a decent amount. His completion percentage between 50 and 60%, which is really respectable for a yeah. quarterback. You know what I mean? This, at any college football level. Um, can certainly get it done with his feet. We just posted the announcement video on our uh, Instagram and Twitter, so check that out. A um, couple good highlights of him on there. Throwing the deep ball. Got a little bit of a... He can sling it. He can, can sling the deep ball. But also, dude broke like four tackles in one run in one of the videos that he sent me. Like, he's got a little bit of a frame on him, too. Um, otherwise, though... That was that 59-0 game. That was what? That was that 59-0 game. He was going, <laughs> he was going nuts. He's just he's running over. He came creators. into that game. He was on some. <laughs> I don't even wait. Who that was? Gallaudet, correct? Gallaudet. Yeah. Oh, it's still just funny. crazy. It was God, a playoff game too. Yeah. Fifty nine zeros walking in. Imagine like seeing. Oh, we got to play. We got to play them first game. <laughs> just going into that game like, oh no, that'd be tough. Um, a couple of the names that he had mentioned though, and I like hearing from these guys because they're the ones that are in the locker room every day. Like I can only do so much research. You guys can only look at so much. Like he's the guy that's there every day. He knows what guys are going to be the contributors. And when he said immediately, uh, Flash Morgan, the wide receiver, five touchdowns, five hundred yards this last year. Expect for him to have a much larger workload for them, being that true number one receiver and not splitting. I think a lot more of those receptions. So that'll definitely be a key part of any opposing team scouting report. And then you look at uh, in the backfield offensively, the running back Jay White, two hundred attempts last year. Do you know how physically durable you have to be to carry the rock 200 times in a season? Even with, like, we were talking about earlier, the playoffs games. I mean, that's 200. Yeah, I didn't even give the yards yet. I mean, mean, he ran for about 1,300 yards, but 200 carries. I'm trying. I don't even know what that is. Per game, you're trying to figure out, like, how much that is? Got the calculator on your your phone there? How many games do they play? 13? Um, We're going to find out in just a second here. Yes, 13. He had two. Two hundo. Little division, and that's fifteen point three eight a game. It's respectable. That is that's that, respectable. That's a good. I mean, and there's got to be a running back too. Oh yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he can't. There's an RB too, so carry. he's not taking every carry. Yep. Pretty crazy stuff, dude. Two hundred carries is a freaking wild, wild number. But uh, on the defensive side of things, talk a little bit about defense. Uh, the linebackers, especially the inside guys, the guys who are coming in knocking. The running backs on Nate Keisters. Nick Chapman, Anthony Pontolio. Did he say Keisters? 
Deesters. All right, bro. How old are you? 60? Putting them on their ass. Is you happy? The, are the new balances outside? Shut <laughs> up. Nick and Anthony, 150 tackles between the two of them, the inside linebacker core for the Aggies, both returning for this next year. That's huge. And um, that linebacker core seems to be one of the brighter spots of that team because he told me, too, the names that we'll be hearing a lot, Darius Nichols, another linebacker, and Ahmad Jones, linebacker as well. So when I asked him, you know, like, who are these guys that I need to know about coming back? Who should we keep our eye on? The dude damn near listed the entire linebacking core for this Delaware Valley <laughs> That's team. That's crazy. I wonder what defense they run. If they have them all on the field at one time, that'd be nuts. You've got to be utilizing them, right? There they're has a, to be some way they utilize them. They run a 3-5. <laughs> they put all the linebackers out there. Every single one of them. Um, but looking, before we get into that 2023 schedule, looking at the MAC standings here for the conference, this uh, obviously being... Last year, and we can take a look at that, obviously, the Aggies being on top of this list, King's College right below them. And you look, and they put the beating on King's College, but then you're like, that was King's College only loss in the conference. That's kind of crazy. They didn't lose another conference game after that. So, so, you know, we were saying we hadn't heard of a whole lot of these teams, but, like, definitely some respectable football yeah, being played. So there's, there's, either some good, there's some good two, records. There's either two good teams, as in King's College yeah. and... DB. Yeah, or maybe it's a better conference than we think. Maybe we should put some respect on the MAC name. Maybe seven, they you know, are yeah. the MACTION. No. Maybe they should be the MACTION. Yeah, 7 they 3, 8 3, 8 3, 8 3, 3 12 and 1. Really six impressive. And five. Really impressive. Like those conferences and you 5 know, and 6 in that. Yes. 5 and 6 in that conference, and all five wins are all conference games. Yeah. Can we go back to Gallaudet University real quick? We can totally do that. What would you like to say? Um, I looked it up, and it's for the education of the deaf and hard of hearing. Oh, my God. I know someone going there. Really? I know someone going there. So they, actually, that's right. I so know exactly where that is. on a bunch of deaf people. And uh, we're going to you're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, we were all thinking it, but you didn't have to fucking say it. I mean, come on, bro. 59-0. Like, they had to run up the score, too. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, don't. No, but you no, know what? Leaving it okay, in. I, I've been thinking about it for like three minutes. Okay, I, they, it up. I actually I, I bring this up. I know someone. One of my you know my mom's friends. Her son's going to play there. He's from downstate Michigan. Okay, and it's actually a very respectable football program. Well, they made the playoffs. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a lot of you know tradition I mean? and a lot of like. If you ever watch them, like when they do like warm ups and stuff on a the field, they use a gong and they feel the vibration in their feet. To like know like what to do, it's crazy. It's one of the you have to look. Little at, did we know we have an expert on the show with us tonight. That's that's really wow. cool though. That's really sweet. You have to look it up. It's actually it's in DC too. It's way. actually somewhat that's insane. The like they is. use like to like do plays and stuff. Obviously they have like hand signals like most mm. colleges use nowadays. But they're probably so good at them. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding I bet, me? Their hand signals are probably on point. Well, they're probably yeah. I mean, you can tell them what the play is. You know, they're not going to spell it out, but like. Okay, we probably should move on. I just want to bring Either that Either way, up. no, that's a great point. I did not realize that. I do believe someone had commented that, that we should feature them. So maybe we will in a future uh, episode. It would be, it would that, be really like cool I said, to talk that, about they, that. Like they gong and they feel it. Like, I have never like in my life like. That's incredible. That really is really you, they cool. They hit a gong, like like they know like one, two, three, and they know like what it is. That's insane. Yeah, but um, we can move on from the conference standings. And the last look that we will have here is a look at the upcoming 2023 schedule for the Aggies. And, fellas, the first game is one that we did just actually post about from the other side of things. I asked our viewers to uh, predict 
State University of New York, SUNY uh, Cortland, their uh, record, excuse me, in 2023, their first game against the Aggies. Cortland, one of the best teams in that, uh, what is it, the Empire 8 Conference or the Liberty League or something? I forget what it is. But uh, one of the best teams in that New York Conference coming and playing the best team in the MAC to open things off at Cortland. That one's going to be very exciting, and it's kind of a tone setter, I think, for the rest of this season for DVU. Are they going to pick up right where they left off, or are they going to be with some growing pains? I would assume with the amount of returners that we just talked about, this team is not going to skip a beat. But, no, I, I think they're going – this is going to be sixth in a row now? Number six. Can we book it right now? Can we yeah. – I mean, guys. I mean, you got King yeah. – Order the rings now. It's here, jinxing them. You better knock yeah, some wood. Yeah, cut that him. out. Yeah, you're, you're jinxing them. Man. Order them. You're jinxing them. Order them. I'm giving. You know what? I'll I'll make. You know, I'm gonna make a prediction. I got kings. You got kings. I got kings. Did you know what kings was a half hour ago? No, but I just saw their <laughs> record up there, and I got kings. Uh, but some good out of conference games, though. In all seriousness, for the Aggies, Albright College next, and then uh, Eastern University. They go. Uh, on the road for the first three games, they come home versus Kings College. That is at DVU, Jack, so I don't even have to change that prediction. But five of their first six on the road for the Aggies. That's a pretty uh, tumultuous start to the year. What's their end of their season DVU. look like? I bet they're like, oh, mm-hmm. no, not really. Man. Wow. Four home games. Four home games. Look at that. Almost their conference, at least at home. Um, then you talk about some playoffs potentially down here. You know if a school has all these playoffs listed. They the already bottom. got them listed. They're like, yeah, we're going. We're in. That's exactly what that shit we're means. In. We're in. That's, you know what that is? That's cocky as hell. It but is, you know what? But it's there, bro. That's they got the finals on there. They're going. Do they have the date set on it, too? They, got they do. They appear in there. They got, I want to see where it's at. It's in Virginia? Oh, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Virginia? It Salem, does. Virginia. It does say that. I did not realize that in the, on the part yeah, of the first Yeah, they got it. December 15th. Be there. <laughs> Be there. December 15th, still playing football is crazy. That's bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. That's all for Delaware Valley, though. Let us know. Uh, comment on this YouTube video, whatever clip I have this in, on what other teams we should highlight. Fellas, a couple more smaller pieces before we do finally get out of here. This is definitely going to be a longer episode, huh? So okay. we, we did a lot of We did a lot of good content, though. I feel like yes. we're moving, right? Yeah. All right. Do we finish on the rib? I feel like we finish on the rib story. Yeah. Okay. Still really confused about that, but... Philip Rivers welcomes in kid number 10. He could field his own football team, potentially. I mean, give him, like, what, nine months, and then we might have the announcement that he is fielding his own football team when she announced she's pregnant with the 11th? We can do a whole offense or defense, depending on what kind of personnel we uh, have. It's not a competition, Philip. (laughs) Well, I guess the money part isn't the problem with him. But how do you... I, I, how do you remember all their names? Absolute all-time graphic from Boston today. Is he trying to, like... <laughs> Philip Rivers expecting his 10th child. There is no debate that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer off the field. Congrats on the sex. <laughs> That's gold. Is this, like, favorite movie That's Cheaper golden. by the Dozen or something? I don't oh know. Oh, my God. That's kind of funny. Trevor's <laughs> got some outlandish comments today. He's full of... That's a, that, that's a good movie. <laughs> He's on one right now. Guys, am he's I gonna, my question? He's, he's going to be a real-life Home Alone. He's going to leave like, <laughs> God dang it, where's it? When they go on vacation, he to do a roll call. Where's he's number seven? Where's number seven? He probably does power rankings with them. He's got him, he's got him in a Suzanne, depth chart. you're having a really good week. You might go up to number three. He might have him in a depth chart. <laughs> he's right parent off a depth chart. Have you ever seen that, uh, that coach, that high school coach? He has, like, the craziest comments. And he said he wanted to teach, or, like, you know, yeah. Or, uh, I, 
I think everybody should use a depth chart. My wife said no. Yeah. The, Is it? He said the one with the, the Cadillac. It's like, yeah, it's like, a, double, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like watching your mother-in-law go off a bridge in a Cadillac. Yes. You know? You guys got mixed feelings. Like, he just says crazy things. I'm just like, how? That is exactly what it was, How too. can you be a college? But 10 kids. I wanted to ask you guys. How do you, you guys, even, like, spend time with all of them? What activities would you do with 10 kids? Like you said, money, thankfully, is not really the problem, which is, that'd be the most concerning thing. Yeah. Because you got to pay for 10 kids, potentially, to go to college. Gosh. Still not a problem with them. No. And still not a problem. He's a head coach of a high school right now, too. I do believe yeah. that is correct. But So you're again, doing that on top of spending time with your kids. Are you? Are and you? Are you? I don't. I don't well, I mean, are you can't. questioning his fatherhood capabilities? Well, he's. You can have. You know what you could do though. It'd be awesome. Thin. Do you think he has a schedule for each one? Oh my gosh! He's got him built in. Um, <laughs> no, but you know you could. You want to be awesome? You can have like. You go him and his wife, and then you got the ten kids. There's three tea times, three foursomes for golf. You, you could do legit competitions. Like you could have legit tournament bracket competitions, pickleball competition. Not quite, Jack. And you know why I say not quite? That's because their ages range from 4 to 21. <laughs> I can't believe his oldest is 21. Having little rough. Johnny go against Suzanne, who's in her second, third year of college. Johnny's just getting out of diapers. Hey, let's go play a scramble. <laughs> you, you know what, though? I bet no, they're all. I bet no. they're. I bet they're all athletes. They probably are. No, they probably are. You're probably correct. I bet they're all athletes. We will definitely be one of, what, one of the Rivers boys slinging a football here. Sometime what soon. No, activities yeah. can you do with like? That's what I was. I really am curious to ask you guys. Like, what do you think off the top of your head? Big ass boat. <laughs> Go fishing. You might have to strap two pontoons together. Um, fishing. That's ten rods. Mm. Eleven if Phil wants to fish. <laughs> You know how many worms? Hunger you, games? You know, <laughs> Hunger games. Imagine. You got Nerf guns. You put them all on the thing. You let them fight. That'd be awesome, dude. Right, we need to move on. We need <laughs> to move thing. on. We need to move on. If you got to drive Hunger anywhere. games? Are you serious? <laughs> That'd be awesome. All 10 of them? Oh, my gosh. What, if you have to drive over? somewhere, do they have two vehicles? Oh, my gosh. I didn't, I didn't even, even think about that. Do they, they, have, need a, one of those, do they have a bus? I was about to say a He's double got a decker. Sprinter. You got a sprinter. You know what, Philip? Good luck. Good luck to you, Philip. It's a boy, by the way. I should have led with that. It's a boy. Oh, damn. I'm glad. Know the, I'm glad that we know that. How many now. boys to girls he has in this? Like, how many daughters and sons? I know he's very religious, isn't that he? That is, uh, I don't believe that is in the article that that's not I a ratio. Was. That's not a ratio. I mean, it is a ratio for him, though. I mean, he's got 10 Either kids. Way. We can move on just real quickly. Um, this one topic before we get to our funny, our great story for today that I'm really excited about. Josh Jacobs, he's holding out from the Raiders camp unless the new contract is worked out. Um, Trevor, you saw this today, and really not too surprising for a guy that has the, has the production that he's had with the Raiders, the spot that they're in. The running back situation right now, excuse me, the market at the NFL level, we've seen a lot of the conversation revolve around Saquon Barkley over there in New York with the Giants. It's just, it's kind of disappointing. But, Jack, you said at the beginning of the episode, you said what? You can get him anywhere. You can find him anywhere. You said, you brought you can't up get him. Yeah, you can't get him anywhere. I mean, that's like, but, I mean, the guys coming out of, like, these big um, schools. I mean, you got Kenneth Walker, who just came out of Michigan State. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, K-9. Yeah, so K-9. Walk, I, was, I, was, I was like, no one was like, you know, the Michigan we, we State, State, yeah, yeah, Michigan State fans in the room didn't say anything. But you got him coming out of college who was, 
you gave him two years and he was real productive this year. Yep. So you can, I mean, it's not like, uh, I don't know. It's probably the most replaceable position in football. Guys aren't built like Adrian Peterson anymore. Absolutely. He will, no, I don't think anyone was ever actually, all due respect, I don't think anyone was ever actually built like Adrian Peterson. No. Like, no, I mean, he's yeah. so, just such an anomaly physically. Yeah. You know? Just, and then after, like, the ACL to come back and do the things that he did. It's unreal. But also, like, running the ball isn't integral to the game anymore. Like Not you, like it used to be. Not like it used no. to be. Even when Adrian Peterson played, even though that wasn't that long ago. Like, Still a different game. Yeah, Very different game. No, that's a good point. Different. Very good point. So it's now, very easy to... But if you look at guys that, you know, I did Bo see, Jackson and yeah. Barry Sanders, those guys' careers weren't, like... Exceedingly long, like Tom Brady's was. I mean, they have, you can't, the nature of the position. You can't yeah, they do have yeah. their seven, eight years that are even I, I that just, seven, eight years is given bought time. You know, this says here the NFL deadline for a new agreement is four p.m. on Monday, and he plans to hold out if the two sides can't strike a new deal. He's scheduled to make ten point one million on the franchise tender in twenty twenty three, but uh, you know he's been a Pro Bowl back last two out of the last three years. Yeah, and the stat line that he had last year over sixteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns on the ground. Had 400 yards on 53 catches. Started all 17 games for them. I mean, he is a huge part of their it's offense. It's actually ridiculous that the Raiders were bad. It really is, man. It's their really offense insane. was actually electric. Don't they, get me wrong. quarterback a lot of it, struggled. A lot of it is the division. You talk yeah. about that division, the yeah. AFC West. Yeah. That's a tough-ass division with the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers. Well, maybe not the Broncos. Yeah, you but. can't believe you just said the Broncos. Still. Let's ride. The Bron- well, again, <laughs> we talked about how the offense was. The Broncos on the other side of the ball defensively. Oh, they were oh, they're legit. Yeah. So again, yeah. the only reason the Broncos were in football games, yes, couldn't do anything. So on offense. still, even though their offense was lackluster as opposed to what we thought about it in the preseason, still a really difficult conference. I mean, it's no oh, for sure. division. Sorry, not conference division. Really tough. But I don't know. I don't see the running back. I, I don't think the running backs have as much leverage as they like to think. So no, I think they it's just, they're just going to end up mm-hmm. franchise tagged or whatever. They're not going to sit uh, out yeah, here. I, just I, think, I can't. I can't. Imagine giving a running back a well, franchise tag. Well, look at how it's working for the Chiefs. They don't pay running backs like any big contracts. Think about since like Patrick Mahomes has been there, how many different running backs he's had. Like they just True, plug and play. Even, yeah, I can't even. Again, though, no, that's the Chiefs. But that's the what exception. I'm saying. That's, that's almost, what I'm that's saying. That's like the Brady system. That's how you should run things. You shouldn't be paying your running back all this money. Yeah, but guys think they're worth more. Are we ready, like, fellas? What's his name is? Sam Are we ready? Jamal Williams thought he was worth more. Are we ready? Oh, isn't this the guy that... Are we ready? Sam Hartman is getting a necklace made with his surgically removed rib. I, do I have to say that again? Do I have to say it twice? Because that is the craziest Did headline it? I have ever read since starting Division One Rejects podcast. That's just... I, I feel just, like that's just wrong. There's there's so much. There are some moral with implications that. with that, definitely. Like, there's just, they, they can't be cleansy. Cleansy is not a word, but I know Cleansiness. exactly what you're talking Cleansiness. about. It can't be, it's also not, not a word. Oh. Well. Clean? Clean. It can't be clean. No, it definitely is not oh, clean. I mean, you can. Big word. Let's look here. This is what his mom said about the situation. She said, quote, he means the world to me. So if he wants me to clean the flesh off his ribs, then that's what I'm going to do. She's making it? No. Lisa Hartman, Sam's mom, on making his rib into a piece of jewelry. I thought he was, like, taking his icebox in Florida and putting it on, like, a Cuban link. This ain't no Cuban link, my friend. Is he making 
This this is just so no, wrong. That's there's just so much wrong with Didn't that. Didn't he have like a like a serious like heart problem or He dealt with some serious injuries, hence why the move or the excuse me, the rib is being surgically removed because yeah. of past re- uh, I don't remember what it was, but Okay, so but still that it's regardless. weird it's weird. You know, you almost can like say like okay, it's like a trophy in a sense that he's battled <laughs> and made it. He dealt with a blood clot that sidelined him last year for about a month. That was part of it. But I thought there was something before that. Now, he was also a big-time player for the Deacons. He passed for 3,400 yards and 35 touchdowns. He's the one that struggled in the beginning of the year, though, didn't he? Yes. Because of the injury, basically. Yeah, and everyone was giving him hell. So the blood clot was removed. But they took the rib with him. So it it is called Paget Schroeder Syndrome. Or effort thrombosis, supposedly caused from a previous infection that was uh, eventually caused inflammation, and uh, they had to do a procedure to remove the blood clot, and then we performed surgery to eliminate the pressure on the vein and dilated the vein. And who? I'd like to know what the next. There's a lot. There's like. a lot going on inside this guy, man. But can we? Let's continue with the quotes here, though. Uh, we saw the quote from his mom. The rib is in my fridge. It's well on its way to becoming a necklace. Is it clean? Why is he keeping it on ice? Bro, what is going on here? Does he have like a spot? Is this just in his fridge in his living room? His, not his living room. Imagine, living room. Living, imagine living with him going upstairs and be like, oh, I'm going to make dinner. You're going up you see, oh, yeah, that's my rib. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you mean All like right. baby back or? No, no, I got that removed today. All right, bro, I'm just, I ain't going to eat no more. I'm actually not even hungry anymore. Hey, hey, you know what? How do you look at that when you go into the fridge? <laughs> a salad sounds great tonight. <laughs> Anything without any type of meat, actually. That's crazy. That quote is so crazy. The rib is in my fridge. And then so I does he have to was, keep it in his fridge? One final one? I forgot. No, that's it. That's does he have right to keep there. it in his fridge, like, at all times? It probably deteriorates. It's like that's, it's living. That's the real definition like of a, ice, baby. He got ice on his neck. That's the real definition. That's crazy. Hey, shout out Sam Hartman, man. That's that's awesome. You know, rare what are some pride. of the comments saying? Oh, yeah, you have. They might not be appropriate. Yeah, I don't know if I do actually want to scroll through them. Um, and I also that's can't enough even, internet for I the day. Yeah, that's I can't enough read internet them for the day. Shout out Sham Hartman, she- football dude, Sam Hartman. Yeah, Ooh. rib enthusiast, not the rib you think. <laughs> oh right, wait, we can wait, leave wait. It on she that said note. in the wait, wait, wait. His mom is helping him keeping the rib in her fridge and even cleaning his flesh off of it. Mm, he says in my fridge. Right there, he says it. He does. That's it's just not right. No, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, you get him. Yeah. Well, if any athletes that you know have any surgically removed portions of their body that they plan on making into body art or jewelry of any kind, please contact us at division one rejects at gmail.com. With that being said, thank you for listening to tonight's episode.